and there's intimacy on the radio and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Cowboy State Politics Live from very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Wyoming. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Well, if you hadn't heard, yesterday's episode created quite a stir in the media. I wonder how Representative Clark Stith's morning is going. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would say it's probably going pretty fantastic considering all of the attention that he got. You know, all these redcoats, they uh, they thrive on the attention. All the time you see him in the Wyoming media going on and on about how terrible the Freedom Caucus is and all of the mean things that they're doing to Wyoming citizens. Uh, except that it's uh, it's really them that are doing it. Well, I have to tell you, my friends, I'm. it's great to be back. I have been dying to do this show all week long. In fact, I've got a great one planned for you. I found Clark Stith's website. Yeah, Stith for Wyoming. It's fantastic. And wouldn't you know, Clark Stith is the most conservative guy. Before we get there, though, I thought we'd start with something fun. You know, it's been kind of gloomy the last couple of episodes, you know, talking about all these drag shows and everything and what's been happening at our university. So I thought we'd start with The Blaze in an article that was published yesterday entitled, Budweiser Offers Harley Davidson Beer Cans, But People Still Haven't Forgotten About the Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney Fiasco. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what that whole thing is, is Bud Light uh, partnered with this guy named Dylan Mulvaney, and he's a transgender uh, person. Uh, he's a man that thinks he's a woman, or at least pretends to be. So Bud Light uh, partnered with him and put him on their beer cans, not thinking, of course, that the vast majority of people that drink beer, at least Bud Light, might be a little bit more conservative than Mr. Dylan Mulvaney. From the article, and I quote, it's been well over a month since a firestorm of criticism erupted against Bud Light for enlisting transgender figure Dylan Mulvaney to promote its product. But if the comment section on social media is any indicator, it appears that time does not heal all wounds. Budweiser, another Anheuser-Busch beer brand, recently shared Instagram posts featuring beer cans with the Harley-Davidson logo. Quote, two American legacies, one legendary collaboration. Limited edition Budweiser Harley-Davidson cans available in stores nationwide. A Budweiser USA Post reads, Now, if it were anybody else, this would be a no-brainer. I mean, who doesn't like Harley-Davidson? It is the one of the quintessential American companies since 1903, by the way. I mean, every guy, at least I think most guys, would love a Harley-Davidson. And who doesn't like wearing those Harley-Davidson t-shirts that you pick up just about everywhere? For a while, I was collecting them. I had a fantastic collection. So you would think Budweiser partnering with such an American company as Harley would be a no-brainer and would get them back on schedule with, with American voters. Listen to some of the comments, though. This is hilarious. Damage Control wrote someone in a response. 
maybe apologize, wrote someone else. Here's another one. Until Anheuser-Busch comes out and openly admits it was a clear mistake they made, they will continue to fail. And here's another good one. I own a Harley, but I deep sure ain't buying Budweiser anymore, another commenter declared. <laughs> and here's perhaps the, fu the funniest one. Dude, you could put you all could put John Wayne on a can and still not recover. See, the point here is that Americans are tired of the pandering. We're tired of companies that try to tell us what our values should be, who we should like, who we shouldn't like, who we should support and who we shouldn't support. We're just sick of it. Don't you remember the whole Yeti cooler thing when they came out against the NRA and people started blowing up their coolers? See, Americans are just sick to death of all of this virtue signaling because that's that's really what it was. And a lot of it boils down to all of these ESG policies that a lot of these companies are adopting. And frankly, in some cases, they really don't have any choice. I mean, they do have a choice. But uh, the problem with ESG is companies are not able to get financing unless they agree with all of these stupid policies. And then they try to push their ideological thinking on the rest of us. And of course, most of us don't want to hear it. We just want you to make beer. That's it. I don't want to hear what your CEO thinks of my behaviors in the bedroom. I don't want to hear how you think I should support the LGBTQ community. I don't care. Just make beer. That's it. And that goes for all companies. Just make jeans that are awesome that have the button fly up the front. Just make those. Don't tell me how I need to be woke and accept everybody. I don't want to hear it. Until companies figure this out, these boycotts are going to continue, and rightfully so. Americans, generally speaking, vote with their pocketbook. That is, you know, we uh, we support companies that we like, and those companies that we don't, well, I mean, they can uh, take a flying leap as far as I'm concerned. You know, and even if, you know, we've been, we patronized companies for a very long time and they do something that irritates us. Why should we feel compelled to spend our money with that company? Because obviously our money is going to be used uh, to, uh, to further these left-wing causes that, that most of us don't agree with. So Budweiser, I mean, sorry about your luck, but uh, this is going to continue. And what a windfall this was for the Coors Company. I mean, can you can you imagine what was going on in the Coors bro uh, boardroom when Budweiser came out with this Dylan Mulvaney thing? Can you can you imagine all of the ideas that came across that table? You know, the one of the post one of the uh, uh, commenters on that post said, you know, they could put John Wayne on a beer can. I I'm I am positive. One of the board members of Coors said, you know, I think we should put John Wayne on a beer can. And another one probably said, yeah, we'll put Harley on our beer can and people will actually buy it as opposed to Anheuser-Busch. So this is going to continue for Budweiser and just about every other company that is trying to virtue signal to all of us and uh, tell us what we should think and what we should believe. Uh, frankly, I don't care what you believe. Just make your product and maybe I'll buy it. Moving on. Comments from the Red Star. From the Red Star's editorial board, quote, or an article entitled, Beware of those who tout liberty but don't embody it. Now, first of all, we shouldn't listen to anything the Red Star has to say about liberty. Keep in mind that they've... They, had to sell their giant building in Casper. You know, the one that had the like life, like six foot letters on the side of the building that said Casper Star Tribune. Yeah, they had to sell that building because of their declining circulation numbers. And then they moved into a former liquor store. I'm not even joking at all. Evidently, they didn't move the bookshelf with them when they moved into the liquor store. From the article, and I quote, before you start reading this, take a minute and ask yourself, how do you define liberty? Maybe you define it as being free from government interference, or maybe it's a society that values one's own autonomy, or perhaps more simply, it's the ability to have control over your life. Well, actually, the first couple sentences, they've pretty much got that right, but they're going to need a little definition. 
Here's the next one. You probably didn't think that liberty is about a government official deciding which books are best for your child. You probably didn't think that it's lawmakers prohibiting business owners from choosing health and safety rules that make the most sense for our companies. It's a it's highly li unlikely you thought about the state unilaterally taking away local government autonomy. The thing is, all of those relate to liberty. But before we before we continue, I think we need to have a couple de definitions. And probably the best description of liberty that you can come across is in John Stuart Mill's book on liberty. It was written in the 1800s, so it was written after uh, the Constitution. But it is an incredible description of what liberty is. And if you've never read it, you should really go check it out. It's a short read, and I mean, it's uh, unlike other political philosophy, it's very readable because he's talking about the United States in general. But let me just read you a couple of quotations from the book. Quote, uh, by liberty was meant protection against the tyranny of political rulers. The rulers were conceived as in a necessarily antagonistic position to the people. And, you know, a lot of our founders said over and over that that government is is nothing more than a necessary evil. The government will always tend to be corrupt and it will always try to oppress its citizens. Here's another one. The aim, therefore, of patriots was to set limits to the power which a ruler should be suffered to exercise over the community. And this limitation was what they meant by liberty. So liberty is a restraint on government. Liberty is also, however, freedom with restriction. Our founders were smart enough to know that you couldn't have unbridled freedom. If you did that, I mean, you'd have crime up the wazoo and people would do everything, anything that they wanted. So even our founders knew that freedoms had to be restricted. They restricted first the power of the government and then talked about individual liberty. From Mill, uh, the tyranny of the majority is now generally included amongst the evils against which society requires to be on its guard. So what is the tyranny of the majority? Well, we're all experiencing right that right now. Uh, and perhaps it is probably not a majority, but it's certainly the loudest group. We have companies telling us how to think. We have politicians, politicians telling us how to think. We have school boards telling us how to educate our children. Uh, I mean, any number of people is telling us how we ought to live our lives. We have to be free from that, uh, that tyranny. And that's specifically what Mill was talking about. Indeed, if you look at the uh, at the Wyoming Constitution, and this is if you've never read this book, you should really send the Secretary of State two dollars, and they'll send you a copy of it. It's fantastic. But my favorite, and and I mean honestly, all everything in Article One is amazing. But let me just read to you this: Article One, Section Seven, absolute arbitrary power over the lives, liberty, and property of free men exists nowhere in a republic not even in the largest majority. Now, what that means in Wyoming is that we respect the opinions of others. We respect the opinions, even if they are in the smallest minority, we still listen. And that is the point that Mill was trying to make and the guys that wrote our constitution were trying to make. So from Mill again, there needs protection also against the tyranny of the prevailing opinion and feeling against the tendency of society, of society to impose by other means that civil penalties, its own ideas and practices as rules of conduct on, on those who dissent from them. There was a limit to the legitimate interference of collective opinion with individual independence. And to find that limit, and maintain it against encroachment is as indispensable to a good condition of human affairs as protection against political despotism. So he's talking about the 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 um, the tyranny of the majority opinion again. Now think about all of the messages you hear every single day. For the past two weeks, I have been unable to avoid all. Of the of these LGBTQ messages. Now, of course, I've done a couple of, of episodes, more than a couple, about this, and I've been doing undercover investigations into what's been happening in our great state. So obviously I'm going to I'm going to see that. But just think about all of the messages that you're inundated with. Now, Mill talks about the tyranny of uh, of majority opinion, and then he juxtaposes that with the tyranny of government. And he says, quote, 
that the only purpose for which power can be rightfully exercised over any member of a civilized community against his will is to prevent harm to others. Now, Mill is talking about actual harm, you know, like uh, being robbed or killed or uh, assaulted or, or those sorts of things actual harm. So what he's what I've just done for you is shown you how personal liberty figures into it and how and how the government needs to be restrained. And then I've shown you where the legitimate force of government is. That is to prevent harm to another person. Now what the what, what the red star is ticked off about is all of us conservatives saying that there's material in the school that is not suitable for children. So let me just ask you a simple question. In any school in Wyoming, is there a collection of penthouse letters anywhere? Is there is there a collection anywhere that you can think of? Well, of course not, because penthouse is pornography, and we as a community have decided that pornography is not suitable uh, for children. And that's why we keep it out of the schools. It's not banned. If you want pornography, you can go buy it at the store. You can order it on the internet. It's just that taxpayers aren't going to pay for it. That is a legitimate restraint on personal liberty. Secondly, it is also a restraint on government. The role of government is not to indoctrinate your student. The role, of, the role of our schools is to educate them. And interestingly enough, if you look up the definition of indoctrinate and educate, they are almost identical except in one respect. When you indoctrinate someone, you are educating them as to beliefs. That's the only difference. So the role of our schools is to educate students, not to indoctrinate them. So uh, I'll, I'll wrap this up after the break, and then we'll get into what Mr. Clark's this morning is probably about. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know, it's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to the live program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. Welcome back to the program. David Iverson behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone. That reminds me, I don't think I've told you guys about this new microphone. I think I just told you what that I got one. Uh, well, the microphone that, I, that I'm using now, and by the way, it might be picking up some of the noise surrounding the uh, studio. You'll have to pardon my dust. Uh, they're doing some work in the building where I, re where I broadcast cowboy state politics. So just... Sorry for the interruption, but just just pardon that if you would. But the microphone that that I'm using is 
almost exactly the same as the one that Rush Limbaugh used. It's an Electro Voice RE27. Now, this happens to be the new version of it, uh, but I'm telling you, my friends, it's fantastic. And if you do what I do, you can really notice the difference in the uh, in the vocal quality coming off the microphone. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to use, and uh, I, I really enjoy um, being able to broadcast you know, uh, to you using it. So uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about the Red Star and their conception of liberty. See, the Red Star doesn't fundamentally understand the word liberty. They just use that as a buzzword to try to get your attention and try to persuade you that your belief about what true liberty is, uh, what uh, John Stuart Mill described in his book, the passages that I just read to you, is something else. They want you to believe that when people talk about liberty, that really we're talking about unbridled freedom. Uh, the truth is far from that. Liberty is is freedom with restraint. And when we're talking about schools, um, absolutely, we have to have restraint because parents have rights over their children. It is the parents' rights to decide what is in the best interests of their kids, not the school. So that includes things like pornography in the school. It includes uh, not not having them subjected to all of this transgender agenda. Um I've got some articles here in a little bit that I'll go through with you. Uh, but first, I suppose you heard about Clark Stith's little problem that he's having. In case you haven't, here's what I broadcast on, on the program yesterday. You can't tell me that all of those businesses support this. Rock Springs is a pretty small town. In 2021, its population was 23,000 people. So 45 businesses is a lot. And groups like this, don't get the influence they have without political support. Included in that list of sponsors for the Halloween drag show event that involved numerous children is Wyoming Republican Representative Clark Stiff. You heard that right, the Speaker Pro Tem of the Wyoming House of Representatives. You really should go look at the pictures of this Halloween event that involved numerous children that Clark Stiff supported. In one of them, there appears to be an older gentleman dressed in a business suit, at least that's the top half, and the bottom half, he's wearing a garter belt, stockings, and high heels. In another picture is Kenneth McCormick, dressed in women's lingerie, and you can clearly see that, uh, well, it leaves nothing to the imagination. In any case, that's an interesting cause for a Wyoming Republican to support. And I'd really like to hear Representative Stith's justification for inviting all of those kids to it. Wildfile published an article this past March 29th entitled, Far-Right Advances Motivate Pro-Wyoming Lawmakers to Organize. In it, Clark Stith said, and I quote, We're trying to do what's in the best interests of Wyoming and our constituents, rather than follow a national agenda, Stith said, end quote. So I'm curious, Representative Stiff, is supporting Halloween drag shows that involve numerous children and have adults prancing around in women's lingerie, is that what is in the best interests of Wyoming citizens? Is it in the best interests of Wyoming citizens to allow our tax dollars to go to Wyoming Equality, an LGBTQ lobbying group that supports all of these endeavors statewide? And one more question, Clark. How can you possibly refer to the conservatives as extremists when you support things like this? Or better yet, how can you possibly refer to yourself as a Republican? Evidently, their hypocrisy knows no bounds. That's right, my friends. Their hypocrisy does know no bounds. Well, it just so happens that I found Clark Stith's website. It's Stith for Wyoming. And when you open the page, the very first thing you see is principled, experienced conservative re-elect Republican Representative Clark Stith for House District 48. So clearly a conservative would not be sponsoring a Halloween. And you know what the best part about this segment is I can pretty much end every sentence with who sponsored a Halloween drag show that included adults prancing around in women's lingerie and that included numerous children. Just about every sentence could be ended that way. Anyhow, so 
Stith's website says he's experienced and conservative and principled, and yet he sponsored that atrocity that I told you about yesterday. And by the way, if you missed yesterday's episode, you really need to go back and watch it. I also included a YouTube video of the undercover footage that was shot at one of those Drag for a Cause events. So that's available on the YouTube channel. There's also a link in the episode description, and there's one on the website. So if you haven't seen that, you can go look at, look at what... Uh, what uh, I've been talking about. So as far as, as much as it relates to Clark Stith, is he really a conservative? No, he uh, sponsors Halloween events that involve numerous children and drag queens. So according to Vote, Clark Stith ranks 43rd out of 62 on the old list of conservatives. Above him, more conservative than Clark Stith is Landon Brown, who, by the way, uh, it's been 900 and, I don't know, 85 days since he agreed to an interview on Cowboy State politics and didn't show up. So Landon Brown is more conservative than Clark Stith, and Speaker Redcoat Speaker of the House Albert Somers is more conservative than Clark Stith. And directly below him on that list is Representative David Northrup. Now, there's a name we haven't talked about for a while, but David Northrup is the guy that authored uh, uh, Senate File 104. That was the one that stripped, tried to strip the Wyoming Secretary, Superintendent of Public Instruction of all of her power and make it an appointed office. So those are the guys that Clark Stith has been hanging out with in the Wyoming legislature. They're not conservative. In fact, they vote like Democrats. According to Wyo Rhino, Clark Stith only follows the Republican Party platform 30% of the time. And according to evidence-based Wyoming, 80% of the time he votes with the Democrats. He's a member of the uh, House Appropriations Committee. That's the committee that killed all of the, well, not all. There was one more pro-gun bill that they didn't kill, but they killed the, uh, the red flag, anti-red flag bill that was offered by Mark Jennings, and they offered a substitute bill for Bo Biteman's um, uh, uh, gun bill. Or No, it wasn't Bo Biteman. It was Jeremy Haroldson's bill. Sorry, I got a little bit confused there. Jeremy Haroldson's bill to eliminate gun-free zones. And really what they did is they turned a pro-gun bill into a gun control bill. So that's the committee that Clark Stith is on. Oh, and they butchered the ESG bill. And they butchered Chloe's law that would have prevented trans, uh, transgender surgeries on minors. So let me ask you this. How conservative could Clark Stith possibly be? Now, here's the best part. At the bottom of the first page, he has a section that's called Top Issues. Here's the first one. Shrinking state government. Quote, during the last session, the legislature passed the smallest budget in a decade. We're doing more with less and effectively shrinking state government. That's total bullcrap. Yeah, they, they put away 1.4, uh, or they put away a whole bunch of money into trust fund accounts. Now, when they say that they stashed $1.4 billion, um, really what that means is they put it into easily accessible trust funds. And I guarantee in this next session, a bunch of the trust funds that they created, they'll snatch to use for other purposes. So they're not shrinking state government. They're funding state agencies. They spent they sent millions upon millions of dollars to local stools, schools for, quote, mental health. There was no description of what me that mental health was. They just sent millions and millions of your dollars to the school and said it's for mental health. So please tell me, Representative Stiff, how you're shrinking state government. Here's another one, protecting the Second Amendment. My voting history demonstrates my strong support for the Second Amendment. In 2018, I proudly co-sponsored the Stand Your Ground legislation. Yeah, that's because there was no doubt that it was going to pass, you moron. And by the way, remember, he was on the Appropriations Committee that cr that transformed a pro-gun bill into a gun control bill. One of the things that their substitute bill would have done is made it illegal to basically carry a firearm anywhere near the University of Wyoming campus. And what you would have to do is write a letter requesting permission to carry your firearm in the, um, on the campus. Now, how often do you think your permission was going to be granted? <laughs> Never. Let's try another one, Stiff. Supporting Wyoming's economy. I'm a champion for innovation as small as, as a small business owner myself. He's a lawyer. I committed to fostering a strong pro-business climate. 
Well, this bullcrap goes on and on on Clark Stith's website, and I'll put a link to it after the live program program at CowboysStatePolitics.com. But any guy who sponsors a drag show that involves numerous children and includes adults prancing around in women's lingerie is not a conservative. Clark Stith needs to be held accountable for this. In fact, he was yesterday. Journalist Greg Price uh, published an article entitled Wyoming House Republican Leader Sponsored Proactive Drag Show, Provocative Drag Show Attended by Children. Quote, the second ranking Republican in the Wyoming House of Representatives personally sponsored an event last October where drag performers danced pro provocatively around children. According to the Facebook post for Drag for a Cause, Clark Stith, who represents the 48th District, is the Speaker Pro Tem of the Wyoming House, is listed as having sponsored an October 22 event uh, called Halloween Extreme Music Bingo in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Pictures from the event show drag performers dancing around the attendees, including children. Now, it's unclear if Stith actually attended this event himself, but he sponsored it. So here we go. In addition to his role as Speaker Pro Tem, Stith also leads a group of moderate Republicans in the legislature known as the Wyoming Caucus. Remember that soundbite that I just played for you. Now, why I've had a lot of comments this week about my uh, during during yesterday's episode, I did an interview with Representative Scott Heiner in which I said that I don't have a problem with drag shows as long as they don't involve children. Now, let me explain that. We began the episode talking about personal liberty. Now, I really don't care if you have a drag show. Just don't involve children. I really don't even care if you want to if you want to wear women's clothes. That's fine. Just don't do it around children. And don't involve me in any of that. You see, we have strict laws protecting children against all sorts of things. Uh, children can't buy tobacco. They can't buy alcohol. They can't buy pornography. And yet... Here we are allowing them into these these crazy drag shows. So not only does Clark Stith not understand liberty, he's not a conservative, and he's not out to protect your children. He's he's a member of the Redcoats. He votes with the Democrats 80% of the time, and he's most definitely one of the least conservative people in the House. So when you look at Clark Stith's website, you could just say, yeah, it's a bunch of bull crap. After the break, We'll continue on. I found some interesting articles about the transgender agenda. I know I know you probably think that you've heard enough, but you, you need to know this stuff. So we'll do that after the bottom of the hour break. If you've lived in Wyoming for any length of time, you know that just because it's May, that doesn't mean it's going to be all nice and pretty out all the time. That crappy inclement weather isn't done until at least after Memorial Day. Trust me, only a fool goes to the mountains on Memorial Day without a set of chains, a winter coat, snow boots, and a shovel. So while you're putting on the chains, trekking through the snow, or wading through the mud, you should really take care of those feet of yours. No matter what unfortunate circumstance you've got yourself into. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer. And they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some crew socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring. You should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with a really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now, they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. 
That's New Trend Hats. And now, back to the program. Welcome back to the program. I almost forgot to play a soundbite that I prepared for you. If you didn't listen to yesterday's program, then you don't know that I totally confronted University of Wyoming President Ed Seidel about his drag show. He held an event at the at Sheridan College that was entitled The University of Wyoming in Your Community. Now, I was curious exactly what he intends for my community, so I asked him, Project Veritas style. So the soundbite I'm going to play, um, you can hear that I played the video for him and he completely denied, well, he doesn't deny it. He says he wasn't there, but you got to hear his reaction. Listen to this crap. Do you have a few minutes? My name is David Iverson. Hi, David. I own Cowboy State Politics. Okay. Um, I've been investigating a couple of things that have been happening happening at the university and I wanted to show you what I've found and right. get your reaction. Okay. So what it is, is a drag show at the university that happened on April the 13th. And in it, now listen close, you can hear the hear it in the video. Did you hear what she said? No, I didn't, I couldn't hear. So he, he says, in ballroom, we say pussy a lot. We say pussy and that's what he says. So do you think that's, a, that's an effective use or an appropriate use of taxpayer dollars? Well, I wouldn't say such things, so just say that, but. Well, it happened in the education auditorium, sir. Students will do interesting things sometimes. I. I was not there. I didn't see it. I wouldn't say such things myself. Okay. Well, it's, there's a lot more where that comes from. All right. At one point in the video, and I'd be happy to provide this to you. He did not. At one point in the video, they say, F the kids. Okay. I mean, do you think that Wyoming citizens would appreciate our university doing this? I would not. I would think many people would find that offensive. Okay. okay. Thank you for right. saying that. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Now, of course, you haven't seen the video of the encounter yet. But yeah, I got it all on video. And I have to tell you, my friends, uh, right at the end of it, there is a perfect moment where Ed Seidel turns towards the camera and there is an awesome oh crap look on his face. So I'm going to publish that video later on today. I've still got a little bit of uh, work to do on it, but I'll publish that on the YouTube channel and put a link at cowboystatepolitics.com. But you'll notice that he didn't answer the question over whether or not this is an appropriate use of our money because he knows that it isn't. He didn't He didn't say that, that uh, he thinks it's appropriate. He said many people might find that offensive. That leads you to believe that he doesn't think it's offensive. He says, I wasn't there. I don't know. Even though he's sitting there watching a video of what happened at our university. So this is this is a big story, my friends. And I'll tell you what the Wyoming media has been doing about it. If you'll notice, they've been doing this. Yeah, you get the point. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nada. And, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because, you know, the Cowboy State Daily, the cow pie, has been, you know, kind of on the ball about all of the all of these books in libraries. I mean, the, one of their reporters, and I'm so ticked off at her right now, I can't even, I'm not even going to mention her name, but she wrote that great article about uh, the book Gender Queer. And you would think that this happening at the university would be top of the line on their on their agenda. But the UW episode was published last Wednesday. Yesterday, I published the episode about the drag show in Rock Springs, and still nothing. The only thing we got is one article from an out-of-state journalist. That's it. Now, what that tells you about the Wyoming media is they are totally on board with this gender ideology agenda. They have to be. I mean, if they weren't, they would publish an article. Uh, but as you notice, they haven't. 
From Fox News, Corinne Jean-Pierre slams bans on trans treatment for minors. Quote, these are our kids. They belong to all of us. And I quote, less than two weeks after a shooting by a transgender assailant, the White House spokeswoman praised trans youth for being fierce. While appearing at the 34th annual GLAAD Media Awards over the weekend, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre insisted that trans kids are our kids and belong to all of us in response to what she called anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. Speaking with the website Jezebel at the event on Saturday, Jean-Pierre, who identifies as queer, that's in quotation marks, talked about the importance of representation and visibility for young people. She also insisted that that there needed to be more moments to call out Republican legislation for the sake of trans children. Quote, there are more than 600 pieces of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation out there. A few hundred of them are anti-trans community, and that matters because we have to call that out. And we've never seen this level. It's historic in the number of le- le- uh, the number of pieces of legislation, she said. Trans kids are all our kids. Now, that's an interesting phraseology, wouldn't you say? Uh, kind of makes you think of uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, it uh, it takes a village. Um, now it kind of makes you wonder though, uh, why are all of these, you know, LGBTQ plus events, why are they so insistent that they involve children? Why is that? Hmm. Well, during, during yesterday's episode, I played a piece from Tucker Carlson and he was interviewing uh, this author named Chris Rufo. Chris Rufo spent an extraordinary amount of time researching, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Drag queen story hour. Sorry, I lost my lost my train of thought there for a minute. But anyway, he attended a lot of drag queen story hours, and he tried to answer the question as to why all, are all of these pe- people so insistent on having these drag queen story hours? Which, by the way, in yesterday's episode, uh, <laughs> this Kenneth McCormick, who also works at the Rock Springs Urban Renewal Association, I think that's what it's called, authority or association, anyway, he works for the Urban Renewal Outfit. Um, he is the owner of what is called the Starling Company, which is a transgender uh, LGBTQ plus acting group. He held a drag queen story hour at, get this, Western Wyoming Community College. That's right, the college that you paid for. So in other words, you helped pay for a drag, drag queen story hour. Fantastic, right? I knew that you'd like that one. Uh, so anyway, uh, Chris Rufo was on the Tucker Carlson show before he got summarily fired by Fox News. Uh, a, uh, a Dylan Mulvaney move by Fox News, if you ask me. But anyway, Tucker interviewed him, and here's what they had to say. Now listen close, because he gives you the analysis of why these people are so insistent on uh, drag queen story hours and inviting children to all of their events. Here it is. So let's say you were interested in sexualizing children, and unfortunately some people are, what would you do? You might have a drag queen story hour at a library or a school. That's where you would indoctrinate and sexualize children. It's happening across the country. So the deal always was do what you want, just leave the kids out of it because child molestation is a crime. But they're not leaving the kids out of it at all. It's happening everywhere. Chris Rufo has spent a month digging into Drag Queen Story Hours. He's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He joins us tonight. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. What did, what did you find in the month you spent looking at this? Well, I found that parents' instincts is largely correct. A lot of parents are wondering, why is an adult male uh, putting on women's clothing uh, and dancing and talking about sexual themes with other people's children, not only in libraries, but also uh, in schools and other public institutions? Uh, But they're scared to say anything because they're worried about offending the sensibility of many of the administrators and left-wing ideologues who police uh, speech uh, under the umbrella of LGBTQ tolerance. Uh, But the reality is quite simple. The academic queer theorists and the people who founded the Drag Queen Story Hour movement have left a trail of evidence in academic papers and manifestos that say the goal is very clear. They want to sexualize children. uh, They want to subvert the middle class family. uh, And they want to uh, basically eliminate what they call the sexual hierarchy uh, in favor of creating a sexual connection between adult and child, which has, of course, long been the, the, the kind of final taboo uh, of the sexual revolution. 
it, it was always the most basic taboo in our society. Stay away from the children creep or you will regret it. Why would any parent allow their child to be sexualized by an adult man with a fetish for kids? I mean, two reasons. I think the first reason is quite simple, is that people have been mystified and bought into this idea that it's somehow an expression of tolerance and exploration and gender creativity. Uh, but the second thing, we've seen this already in New York City, it's mandatory. Uh, New York City public schools have organized dozens of these performances uh, as young as elementary school. These are mandatory. Parents, in some cases, were not even given the, uh, the chance to opt out of them. Uh, and so this is long gone from what one conservative commentator called a, quote, blessing of liberty to something that is now being subsidized, subsidized and forced onto kids uh, by the state itself. It's something that uh, people should trust their instincts on. Uh, people should push back against this. And of course, people should arm themselves with the literature and the people in their own words who have advocated for this uh, uh, deeply disturbing sexualization of children. Yeah, people should definitely arm themselves. I agree with that. This is keep the kids out of it, period. Chris Rufo, thank you. Do what you want. Just stay away from the kids, creep. I mean, that has been uh, a, a rule in our society. Don't mess with the kids. Don't do. I mean, and it, it is so frustrating because this stuff is happening in Wyoming. And all you hear is Wyoming legislators say, well, this isn't happening in Wyoming. I don't know what you're talking about. You've got the Red Star that won't say a word about it. The cow pie. They, won't, they haven't published one thing about what I uncovered at the University of Wyoming and in Rock Springs. Not one word of it. Because they want you to believe that it is not happening in Wyoming. Now, I don't know. Maybe they're afraid of the, uh, the LGBTQ lobby. Maybe they're afraid of having their businesses attacked. I don't know. But the point here is that people need to stay away from the kids and just you do what you want, but stay away from the kids. Now, he mentioned liberty in that soundbite. Yeah, you have the liberty to do just about whatever you want. Just don't harm another person. And I think we can all agree. Well, obviously, we don't all agree, but most of us sane people can agree that when you when you expose young children to sexual situations like you know r-rated movies that they're by law barred from watching their little brains are not developed enough to understand comprehend and digest what the information that they're receiving that's why we keep them away from it that's why we keep them away from alcohol because they don't understand the dangers of it cigarettes same thing pornography same thing but here you have legislators claiming that it's not happening in wyoming and they're preventing legislation that is stopping it the my point the point my friends is this is so infuriating that i can't hardly stand it i've got one more article for you uh and we'll get to it after the break i found something from that started in 1999 and it's uh you know it's something you are already intuitively know but it's in, it's something else entirely for you to hear it and you know again i'll put the link to it at cowboystatepolitics.com but i'll tell you about it after the break Do you like hot wings? Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them, and the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings, and it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. 
Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program. Welcome back to the program. As we were talking about before the break, you know, if you let people talk long enough, they'll eventually tell you what they really mean. That's why when you hear a lot of my interviews, I just let people talk. I don't interrupt them. I just let them go on because I know that when people get comfortable, they tell you exactly what they're thinking. From the Windy City Times, in an article that was published on 6-3-2009, and it's entitled, Arrests at Halstead, Radicals Clash with Police. And I quote, The Windy, Windy City Times has spoken to several sources who were at or around the supposed events. The main participants involved in the event were participants in a three-day convergence organized by a local radical queer group called Bash Back Chicago. The event took place from May 29th to May 31st in 2009. This reporter was a participant in the convergence, but not in the nighttime events of May the 30th, and spoke to fellow, to fellow attendees as well as members of the Bash Back and eyewitnesses. Quote, Following a full day of meetings, a group of convergence attendees numbering from 100 to 200 got on the Red Line L, a train. There were approximately two to three cars filled with this group, and according to several accounts, members engaged in a, you're going to love this, peaceful but celebratory party on the train. Yeah, like mostly peaceful. According to one Bashback member who identified themselves as Leo, there were dancing and chanting of slogans like, Quote, and pardon my language here, but you're not going to get the context if I don't read it. Quote, this train is for faggots only. And listen close to this one. One in 10 is not enough. Recruit, recruit, recruit. Now, that phrase goes back to a rally that was held in 1999. The, and I'm, I'm, to, I'm trying to find the audio of this one. But this is a rallying, crap, rallying cry of a lot of radical LGBT crew groups, LGBTQ groups. So the idea that all of these people are mostly peaceful and not and are not radical is a bunch of nonsense. The point here is that if you believe that if you're a man and you believe that you could become a woman, which is biologically impossible, there's already a mental condition there. Okay, let's just be honest and lay all of our cards on the table. It is a mental condition. So. Given that, why should we assume that these folks are not going to be violent? Now, this, this article goes on and on to talk about the events of that day. Um, lots of people were arrested. Um, and according to, uh, here you go, uh, according to police, um, the event was over the top from what I saw. He said that the police did not at all give a calm response and they were too aggressive and that and that he did not hear them say clear the street. Another witness who was not part of the group was Gary Airedale, a member of a musical group called Flesh Hungry Dogs, who was loading a truck with fellow members for a show in Hydrate. I saw a bunch of guys marching on Halstead. I assumed it was a gay march, but it really wasn't organized. I saw lots of cop cars, heard them down the street. Um, they were A skirmish began, and it was too dark to see. So my point in telling you about this article is, like all radical groups, we should not expect that everything is going to be all sunshine, uh, sunshine and lollipops. The point here is that it's not. You have people that are openly trying to indoctrinate children. That's why they insist on having children at their events. That's why they insist on drag queen story hours. And I mean, that's why they do a lot of the things that they do. Now, I'd like to end by asking you one question. Why is it that in Rock Springs, Rock Springs is in Wyoming, in which, by the way, these things do happen here. So why is it that a group held a Halloween party and invited a bunch of kids? Huh. It couldn't be that these kids would be led to believe something like, well, this is just Halloween. You know, people dress up on Halloween and this is totally normal. 
Well, it's an attempt to normalize their behavior for all of the young people that were in attendance. If you watch the video that I posted on the YouTube channel, you can see that there are numerous kids in the video and people are giving them money. And by the way, there's about 150 people at this event. People are giving all these kids money and the kids are running up and tipping the drag queens. It's an attempt to normalize the behavior so that the young people don't think anything of it. And so when they grow up, they think it's entirely normal. It's indoctrination, it's grooming, and we should just call it what it is. If you look at the pictures from the Drag Queen Story Hour that are at CowboyStatePolitics.com, you can see very clearly that there are minors present, that there's a drag queen, and it was sponsored at the Western Wyoming Community College, which means you paid for it. One more little note on this. A lot of the events statewide are at least supported by a group called Wyoming Equality. Wyoming Equality is the loudest and the largest LGBTQ lobbying organization in Wyoming, and they get state money. In 2022, they took a grant from the Wyoming Community Foundation. The Wyoming Community Foundation is funded, at least in part, by Wyoming tax dollars. It's a grant. Just the, the They just give a block grant, and this Wyoming Community Foundation is supposed to divvy up that money and support community events. Well, they sure did that. They gave Wyoming Equality a bunch of money to expand their staff. There's an article from the Powell Tribune on the website right now that quotes Sarah Burlingame, who is the head of Wyoming Equality, saying that they're going to expand their operation and their staff. So don't tell me that taxpayer dollars aren't be, aren't being used for these events, that they aren't being used to influence children, that children are not being uh, uh, invited to them, that adults aren't prancing around in women's lingerie in front of children, and that, that politicians aren't supporting them, because they absolutely are. And anyone who claims that they're not is lying to you. I mean, that's, that is the, the, the end of it right there. So what do we do about it? Well, we need to we need to get active, my friends. Um, there's there's a group that um, I've I've kind of been, become acquainted with over the past year called Moms for Liberty. They've been doing a great job um, in Natrona County, in Cheyenne, and now in Sweetwater County. Um, they, they've been working with the parents that are suing the Sweetwater County School District. Um, so you know we we've got to get organized and we've got to do it the right way. I mean, we can't act like all of these crazy left-wing activists. We got to do it the right way. We got to write letters, we've got to call, but most importantly, we've got to get people elected that are going to reflect our values. You know, um in the last year's election, we got 18 conservatives elected to the Wyoming House of Representatives. The way the votes worked out, we were only two votes shy of taking power in the Wyoming House of Representatives. Two votes. That's all we need. So in this upcoming election, we just got to find two liberty-minded conservative people, and we've got to get behind them. We've got to knock on doors, distribute flyers. Um, we've got to help each other so that we can put a stop to to these events. Now, again, when I say stop these events, what I really mean is prevent children from attending them. Oh, and I didn't tell you, at that deal in Rock Springs in the video, you can clearly see that alcohol was being served. So not only do you have a drag show where there was overtly sexual behavior, um, you have numerous children that were running around tipping drag queens, and the performers in this thing are in the video drinking alcohol. So this wasn't a family-friendly affair like they claim. It wasn't uh, kid-friendly. The Halloween party was... <laughs> its underlying purpose was something else entirely, and it was supported by Clark Stith. So you see how this whole thing uh, comes together. Now, I, I began the program talking about liberty. So what is liberty? Liberty is uh, freedom with restraint, and the only acceptable use of government force is to prevent harm to another person. If you're trying to indoctrinate a child, you're harming them. A lot of the behavior that I've talked about in this episode, in the episode yesterday and, and last week, absolutely is grooming. It absolutely is. And there's no way of getting around it. I mean, at this point, there's no more evidence we need, my friends, than what I provided to you um, on the program. So if uh, you should go check out all the articles at CowboyStatePolitics.com and definitely don't miss the videos. I mean, they're going to shock you. And 
really don't have children around when you're watching them because they're not appropriate. There's some coarse language. And like I said, there's sexual material, but you need to go watch them and realize that these sorts of things are happening in the cowboy state. And we have people like Clark Steth that's supporting them. So uh, go check all of that out and let's, let's get our, get our state back to where uh, we all want it to be. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But uh, the easiest way is go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the documentation that I bring up uh, in the middle of, uh, during the course of a program. Oh, one more thing that I forgot to mention. Uh, on Facebook, you'll, you'll begin to notice some different links to the program. I've been using one from Amazon, and it'll ask you to uh, um, put in your Amazon password. It's totally legit, uh, but Facebook has begun to shadow ban the program, and it's, it's pretty obvious that they're doing that. So I've been using different links to see if maybe we can get around their shadow banning. So uh, don't be alarmed if you see a different link. It's totally legit, especially if I post it. Um, so anyway, uh, have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again on Saturday during Weekend Update. Um, I've got another very, very, very interesting exchange with Cyrus Western. He held a town hall, and I have to tell you, my friends, it was a lot like Custer walking into the little bighorn and not knowing what was going to hit him. It's the audio is fantastic, and I'll play that for you on Weekend Update. But for now, from the basement.